And what I want to do tonight and over the next few weeks is I want us to examine the person of Christ. We spend a whole lot of time, I think, following after and learning about all these other people and all these other things. And I hope what you see and hear on a regular basis is that the Word of God is worth our time. Christ is worth our time. And so over the next few weeks, I want to spend some time here. I won't have time to get to a whole lot tonight, but I want us just to begin by looking at uh, the person of Christ and particularly tonight, his humanity. Um, I want you to walk into the, the room that we have built here tonight to examine Christ, okay? Uh, Jesus Christ, this is Wayne Grudem's uh, definition of the person of Christ. He says, Jesus Christ was fully God and fully man in one person and will be so forever. Fully God, fully man, in one person and will be so forever. Um, there are those that have taught through the years, and we'll get into more of this, that Jesus became a man, and then when he re- was resurrected and ascended, he stopped being a man, and he went into eternity as this sort of disembodied spirit. And um, one of the things that uh, that years ago was revolutionary for me was seeing that Jesus is forever a man, will forever be a man, which means one day when we are there in heaven and we are around his throne and we talk about knowing him fully, you know, it, it's going to be in the same way that I can reach out and take your hand and shake your hand or look you in the face. We will see a real man. I want you to really begin to think about this, that he is fully God and he is also fully man in one person and will be so forever. Um, Tonight, just in about five minutes or so, five or ten minutes, I want us to look at um, how this is even possible. And the the place to start is in the virgin birth. Uh, I know Easter is only a week and a half away, but um, the virgin birth is where I want us to be tonight. The virgin birth in Scripture is taught. There are those today that would say, we don't need to believe the virgin birth. You can't believe the the virgin birth and be a rational, thinking person. But the Bible historically, I mean, the, the Bible teaches it. And Christian history has embraced it. And, uh, and we as a church, and I as your pastor, believe wholeheartedly in the virgin birth. The virgin birth in Scripture teaches that Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit without a human father. Now, you don't know anybody else on the planet that that's true of. You know, you, you can talk to anybody in the world, and they have got parents. Now, they may have never known their father. Uh, their, their parents may have died when they were very young. But biologically, they have two parents. And Jesus, the Bible teaches that Jesus was born of a virgin, that he was conceived in Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit without a human father. The virgin birth shows that uh, salvation must come from the Lord. This is, this is what it shows. It's what Wayne Grudem points out. 
Um, let me go backwards before I jump into that. Matthew chapter 1. Uh, open your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 1. Let me just read this passage, Matthew 1, verses uh, 18 down through 25. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear, Uh, don't, don't fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had commanded, had spoken by the prophet, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is very explicit. This is not, there's no way to really dance around this. The Bible's not sort of um, <clears throat> painting this this picture that we can say, well, this sort of means this, and this must stand for this. No, this is very clear, that Jesus, Son of God, conceived in the womb of Mary by the Holy Spirit without a human father. And so, why is that important? Well, Wayne Grudem points out that um, the virgin birth, um, one of the things it does is it shows us that salvation has to come from God. That there's no way that salvation can be brought about by human effort. That humanity, throughout history, we have produced a lot of people. 6.8 billion people on the planet right now. Not one of them, not one of them can make you or me or themselves right before God. If salvation was going to come to humanity, it had to come from God, and that's why God has intervened in sending His Son even through the virgin birth. Um, It also made possible the uniting of full deity and full humanity into one person. Uh, You think about it. Jesus is fully God, and He's also fully man. Let's say Wayne Grudem, he talks about what are the other ways that, that God could have sent Jesus? Well, he could have, he, he could have uh, sent Jesus as a fully grown man. He could have waited 30 years old, send Jesus down, walk the planet, go to the cross. But how, what, what would that do to our view of Christ? If, if, if he didn't live, grow up, if he didn't, have a childhood, teenage years, young adult years, work as a carpenter. What would it do to our belief about Christ? It would be hard to relate to him. And and in essence, what that means is we would have a hard time believing that he is truly human because he's not really gone through all of what we've gone through. He was sent at 30 years old. 
another way would be that what if what if God uh, sent him just like you and I, that uh, that he wasn't virgin born, but instead he was born with a biological mother and a biological father. What would that do to the way we view Jesus? Yeah, nothing special. In essence, what you're saying is that we would have a hard time believing that he was God. So one way we have a hard time believing that he's really human. The other way we have a hard time really seeing and believing that he's, he's God. But instead, God sends Christ in the womb of a woman, but conceived without a human father, and combines full deity and full humanity in the person of Christ. We can identify with him knowing that, hey, he is completely human. We can also understand that there is something transcendent about him that is not like us, that he is full deity. And the virgin birth also makes possible Christ's true humanity without having inherited sin. Um, That if he didn't, he, he was descended from Adam, but he was not descended from Adam like you and I are. You and I, we can, you know, I, I used to talk with uh, with teenagers all the time, you know, and um, every so often a teenager would come to me and say, when, when Adam and Eve had kids, who'd they get married to? You know, you start thinking about that. Well, you know, the answer is there, we, we all come from Adam. You know, and, and that, that's, that's just disgusting, you know. That's just gross. The reality is that we've all descended from Adam all the way back. That there's not been a break in it at all except for one. There was a break in a special way when Jesus was not conceived of a man. But he was conceived of the Holy Spirit in the womb of a woman. This is not to say that that the sin nature only comes from the man, but in some way God breaks this here, breaks this line, this cycle. He somehow oversees the whole thing to where Jesus then is born without a sin nature. A few weeks ago we looked at the fact that because we're from Adam and in Adam's line that we are born guilty because of Adam's sin, his imputed sin to us, but also we're born with this sin nature from him, that we're prone to sin, we're prone to wander. Jesus, because he is virgin born, has neither of those. He doesn't have the sin nature, nor is he guilty in Adam's line. The virgin birth is a very powerful thing. Luke one thirty five says, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is talking to Mary. And she said, How can this be? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. The reason He is holy is because the Holy Spirit has overshadowed Mary. He has intercepted this line. We go on, and and I'll take just a few more minutes and go on from the virgin birth. Virgin birth is very important. We see in it how Jesus has his beginning, how he is fully human, and also he's fully God. But to get a little further into the humanity of Jesus, Jesus had a human body. He had a body just like you and I do. 
In uh, Luke 2.52, he grew up just like any other child. The Bible says in Luke 2.52, he continued to grow in wisdom and stature, in favor with God and with men. That he, he grew in wisdom, he grew intellectually, he grew in stature. He grew physically. He had a body just like you and I. Jesus became tired. We see this when, um, when he sits down at the well in John 4. He sits down at the well in Samaria and, and asks the woman to draw water for him. In John 19, 28, when he's on the cross and he calls out, I thirst, it's revealing his humanity. I mean, you know, that's, that story doesn't mean nearly as much if we forget that this is God on the cross. If this, if this were just simply another human being, and he calls out, I thirst, we would say, that's understandable. But the very fact that he is God, who needs nothing, who has created everything, him crying out, I thirst, points to the fact that he has this human body. He was hungry. At the end of the 40-day fast, the uh, uh, the Biggest understatement in the world, I guess. Um, at the end of 40 days, he was hungry. You know, he fasted for 40 days, 40 nights, and he was hungry. Yeah. In the, when he was carrying his cross, Simon of Cyrene was forced to pick up the cross beam and carry for Jesus um, because Jesus was so weary from the beating that he had endured that he could not go on. And then finally, it culminated in the fact that he actually died. Um, I mean, I, I want you, I don't want you to divorce this from the fact that this is God. That if Wayne Grudem is right, that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man in one person and will be forever, then we cannot divorce the two. We can't say, well, of course he got tired. Of course he got thirsty. Of course he got hungry. Of course after that beating, he couldn't carry his cross. But you, you start thinking about the fact that he is God. The one who Colossians says brought it all into existence and holds it all together and is the head of the church today still holding all things together, is the same one that is on the cross saying, I thirst. It's the same one who can't lift that, that piece of wood. It's the same one who is hungry to the point after the 40 days in the wilderness that the angels had to come and minister to him. Do you realize, what I want you to see is, in his humanity, this is still God. Do you realize the grandeur of his condescension? Of his humility? He would humble himself even to this. You think, why would he do this? Because it was part of the plan of God. Part of the plan of God to redeem the world. Let me take you to one verse and then we're through. Galatians chapter 4, uh, verses 4 and 5. 
Galatians 4, 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. As we get ready for Easter and we look forward to that day and we we talk about the, the nails being driven into his hands and his feet and the spear in his side and the crown of thorns and the, the tomb and it being empty and him being raised from that. Don't just think, not a big deal if you're God. I want you to see Jesus also in his humanity. The fact that God was willing to humble himself even to the point of death, even the death of the cross. We have a beautiful, glorious Savior. Amen? Let's pray together. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that, um, that you have given us the truth that there is so much that has been revealed to us that your word is revelation of yourself to us. God, we would have never, never found it. We would have never known it. We could look at creation and know that there is a God, but God, we would never know His name had it not been that You revealed. God, we would never know how to get to You. We would try but it would never be enough. There would never have been provision made were it not for You sending Your Son to redeem us so that we could be adopted. God, there is so much that we could articulate that we owe to You. And God, we could stay here long into the night and have only scratched the surface. God, I pray that over the next few weeks, that as we look at the person of Christ, God, I pray that you would bring us to a deeper love, a deeper appreciation for our Savior. We owe everything to him. The reality is, the gospel's free. And it is gift, your gift to us. God, I pray that you would lead us to every day trust it more and more. That we would not simply trust the gospel one time and then walk away from it. But God, that we would get up every day and trust the gospel to see us through all the way to glory. God, for every single thing in our lives, every single thing that we struggle with, God, help us to understand that we need grace even for those things. And that's the message of the gospel. Lord, I pray that you'd go with us now. Use us for your kingdom. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.